Welcome to the Creating Salon Success Podcast, where you will find educational and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream salon. And here's your beauty salon, systemization expert, spa owner, and entrepreneur, Louisa Ashforth. Hi, I'm Louisa Ashworth, Melly Training Academy, Creating Salon Success. I'm here today with Jodie Salt, and she is going to give us some amazing advice. I'm so excited to talk to her. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Jodie. Hello, you put me all under pressure now already, but I'm sure I can come up with some decent advice. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a good chat anyway. Do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. I tend to go by Jodes, that's my little nickname. I tend to like that a little bit more than my full Sunday name of Jodie, but obviously, yeah. That, that, that is my full-on uh, title. I am an assertiveness coach for women. I'm also co-founder of Ladies Life Lounge with my business partner, Roxy. So yes, we're definitely in the business of helping women to live happy, more fulfilled and successful lives. Obviously, I do that by helping women kind of stand up for themselves, know what they want, go out and get it, uh, be able to say no to things without feeling guilty, all of that fabulous stuff that, you know, when I talk to women, they're like, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. And then in Ladies Life Lounge, it's a members club where women can access all kinds of developments. So whether that is to do with being more assertive, whether it's about confidence, mental health, mind, body, uh, business, career, finances, parenting, sex, the lot. We put it all <laughs> under one roof for everybody so that they can get what they need. Um, oh, and yeah. I can vouch for that because I'm a member yeah. and it is such yeah. a fantastic place and uh, always on hand to help, which is fabulous. Um, best, group yes. of, best, best group of women on the internet, isn't oh, it? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's such a good place and you, yeah, you do give everybody so much confidence and I think you're right, I think people do often look or listen to what you're saying and think, I need to be more like that, I need to do that. But you give people tips and tricks and ways to help, which is amazing. As usual, I'm just going to ask you a few of my questions that just to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, sure. What book are you currently reading, whether it's personal development, just fiction, whatever it is, do you want to just share it with us? Yeah, so this is an interesting question actually because I normally read lots and lots and lots. Um, I'm a big fan of any of Brené Brown's books. Uh, Daring Greatly is one of my all-time favourites. But in terms of reading right now at the moment, I haven't been because I've been Ooh. writing my own, which obviously we'll talk about in a little bit. So my usual reading time slots have been consumed with writing my own. But yes, I am an avid fan of self-development books. Some of my favourites, as I say, Brené Brown work and uh, I, love, I love Untamed by Glennon Doyle. That is one Ooh, of my Oh, I've not read that favorites. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Very empowering. Oh, sounds good. We all need a little bit of that, don't we? <laughs> Speaking of empowering, um, obviously you're quite empowering to people and quite inspiring, but who inspires you? Look, you know, good co- combination of a few different people. Naturally, they're, you know, female kind of icons. Jacinda Ardern would be one that's up there for me, the New Zealand Prime Minister. And not just because she can pull off being a Prime Minister and having a baby at the same time, whilst absolutely hats off on that count. But she's really skilled. She's a really skilled woman. And I mean, interpersonally skilled. She's a great influencer. She makes strong decisions. You know, all of that stuff makes her a brilliant, brilliant person. She's definitely up there. Maybe more on the social media side. I love Jamila Jamil. Okay. And 
because she is on a proper mission, a big quest around female equality. And, you know, she's got a great sense of humour at the same time. She's quite happy to make a, you know, a bit of a, a fool of herself, but to demonstrate <laughs> a really powerful point. So, yeah, I think she's fantastic too. Inspired two very different women, but yeah, who inspire me equally. I think we can all say that, can't we? That we are inspired by lots of different aspects from different people. But yeah, I have to agree with the Prime Minister. I never really sort of like thought of it as like, like you've just said it, but absolutely, yeah, when you say it and then not to bring up the dreaded pandemic, but I'm just going to just for one second. <laughs> you only have to look at the way she's handled all of yeah. that. Amazing. Oh, here to the women. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Rule the world. Absolutely. I do love that song, actually. I'm not going to break yeah. out into song, although I'm dying to, but I do love that song. I guess um, not. I'm tone deaf. <laughs> oh, we're playing on karaoke there. We'll have some, we're just going to call it harmonising. Yeah, I'm sure we could pull it off. Yeah, we will. Of course we can. So what skincare product would you, or would you say you couldn't live without? So a bit of a random one, but yeah. um, I know you are into taking care of yourself and stuff. So it doesn't have to be skincare. It could be makeup. But what is the one product? If you were to go to a desert island, what would you feel that you had to take with you? Okay, so I do have a favourite skincare product. It's a bit, it's a bit of a luxury item. So okay. I don't tend to use it every day, but I, I keep a special... A pot of it on the go, and that's the the Elemis Rose Collagen Cleansing Balm. Ooh, oh, it just melts mm. into your skin. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm into my forties now, so collagen is like up there on the list of being able to keep me a bit plump and <laughs> keep those wrinkles at bay. But it also smells divine. But Desert Island, it is a makeup item, and that's Lancome Hypnos Mascara. It is the only Ooh. mascara that I've ever ever really liked, and that that looks good on me. Um, um, so yeah, it'd absolutely be that one. Love it, love it. I know <laughs> mascara does change, like I think it just really opens your eyes and just makes you feel fab, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah definitely a good yeah. a good key product for sure. <laughs> so obviously I've already just mentioned the pandemic, it's all anyone speaks about, isn't it? But throughout lockdown, obviously it was a horrible time for so many people. How would you say it affected you? Or did you, you know, like a lot of people became obsessed with exercise or food or something? Is there anything that you particularly came obsessed with? I have had some really interesting answers to this question. So I keep asking this because honestly, I'm amazed by what people say and I love it. <laughs> so. um, what did I come obsessed by? Probably drinking Prosecco. Oh, uh, that's not a bad <laughs> one, is it? <laughs> yeah, probably not that, uh, you know, one to highly recommend to other people. But, do you know what? The, the pandemic kind of did me some good. Mm -hmm. So aside from, you know, drinking copious amounts of Prosecco, it did me <laughs> some good in that it made me, it forced me to slow down. Had I not have had that, I think I would have got very, very close to burning out and I just couldn't see it I couldn't see it at the time until I was forced to kind of stop and slow down and it's made me realize that I much prefer that pace of life so if I've got obsessed with anything it's not being so full-on and living life at 100 miles an hour and having to be super productive all of the time it's actually that no I'm going to take time out for me I'm going to slow down I'm going to meditate more that'd be the one thing that I now consistently do I've got myself one of those spiky mats you know, oh yeah, yeah, great, aren't they? Lie on that, put my car map on, and have even sometimes if it's just ten or fifteen minutes. Anything to get a bit of time yeah. out, isn't it? It's just yeah. uh, I can actually really relate to that, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners can, because obviously the majority of my listeners are salon owners, yeah. and obviously we were all forced to close, which nobody, obviously any self-employed person, would not choose to just close their yeah. business like that day or the next day, whatever. I think everyone was forced to stop. It was quite difficult, I think. For people because it was sort of like well what do I do with myself I'm, I'm used to being 100 miles an hour and fitting 
everybody in left, right and centre. Yeah. And then having that forced on you, I think has been really powerful for a lot of people to make them realise, actually, I shouldn't be living my life this way because it's no good for, for me. It might be good for everybody else, but... Yeah not for you and we've Um, all learned we've all learned that we can kind of still achieve the same goals with our businesses but we've been forced to figure it out a different way that you know that means we can take better care of ourselves and all right that was hard to figure some of that stuff out I think for a lot of people now we won't necessarily try and get back to what it was before we've got a different way of giving our customers and our clients what they need definitely Um, I think a lot of people that I've spoken to they've gone back to their salon and they're not including me I'm not working all the late nights I'm not working weekends every weekend because you've got to live how you want to live and there are two aspects of of my job that I actually don't like and I know there's a lot of people that don't and I'll do them to an extent but I think now I've sort of thought well actually like you've just said I can still achieve the same satisfaction for clients and for business without having to put myself like through all the bits of the the salon that I don't like (laughs) and I think you know that for the clients that were taking or you know who were wanting the late night slots and the stuff at the weekend well a lot of those people are now working at home meaning they can be a bit more flexible you know I go for my nails done now on a Tuesday morning sometimes because I just rejig my diary so even people who are employed in a career they're they're working from home now so they can pop out and do some of these things when they would have normally been in the office meaning that they can fit in with you a lot better can't they definitely and uh, I think it's actually like you just saying about people working from home it's giving people not just salon owners and, and therapists but it's giving people a, a better sort of balance of life yeah. isn't it mm-hmm. and that they can do bits in the day and you know I'm, I'm quite sad I love working from home sometimes getting the washing done getting the washing yeah. out doing some work and I feel like you're not rushing on an evening to get everything done yeah quite yeah, nice totally totally definitely so slower pace of life definitely mm-hmm. a, a good thing so <laughs> we just need to keep remembering to do that and not get straight not back into again. it <laughs> yeah so I keep having to bring myself back in and that's where like you said meditation things and time out does have a big impact on your mindset and your Mm. mental space doesn't it yeah tell everybody a little bit about how did you start to become an assertive coach like how did you get into what you actually do now so I started life in a a full-on corporate career and I've always kind of worked in a learning and development space so training people to do whatever the job was of where I was working I managed to kind of get into managing that stuff at quite a young age I was only 20 21 when I then stepped up to lead a training team so I team the 14 trainers working for me at quite a young age I thought it was the bee's knees when I look back (laughs) I was the worst manager ever and then you know during that time I managed a team that had a few tricky people in it you know I find people management one of the hardest and I'm sure salon owners can relate to that (laughs) is, is one of the hardest jobs ever and actually one of my one of my direct reports you know it got to the point where they were kind of bullying me oh gosh Um, and I couldn't stand up to them they were older than me they were physically bigger than me it was another woman but they were really aggressive towards me and I was ready you know I was going home every night in tears and I was ready to kind of throw the towel in and say right that's it I'm not doing this job anymore but I've kind of been always one of those people that's like no do you know what I'm not letting this beat this this was I'm not letting this beat me and so I thought right I need to 
do something about it. So I, I paid £2,000 to go on an assertiveness course in London. Okay. So like you, I'm sure everyone could tell, I'm a northern lass. So, you know, <laughs> it's a fair old hoof down to London, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> the train ticket itself is not that cheap. So anyway, I took myself off to London, went on this course, learned some really simple techniques, actually, came back, used them, and they bloody worked. Wow. So um, it was quite liberating. The word I always use to describe it is it was liberating. So it completely changed the situation. So that immediately piqued my interest into, I want to know more about this. What's going on? Now, once I've mastered that, I decided, right, now I've won that battle. I am going to step away from the team. And I moved into a role in leadership development so that I didn't have to manage people. I was back to delivering kind of leadership training and I qualified as an executive coach. Um, did that for a little while, but kind of fast forward on another five years. And I decided that I was kind of done with the corporate rat race. I wasn't enjoying coaching a lot of the men, sadly, that, you know, grey suits in their 50s, think they've got nothing to learn. I know that's really stereotypical, <laughs> but that was my general experience. Um, and so the few women that I was coaching, it was more than just the job. It was talking about their hormones, their confidence, the way that they dress, their relationships. And they were also struggling with standing up for themselves and being more assertive. And so the two just came together, executive coaching, you know, women trying to smash the glass ceiling, get a seat at the boys' table in that sense, and my passion for assertiveness. And that's it. They kind of, it became a, a magical potion, I guess, at that point. Absolutely, I love it. And I think as, as women, we we often just give ourselves a hard time or we're perceived as giving ourselves a hard time or being over-emotional. And, and we never just stop and think, actually, I'm at a certain age or whether that's teenager or yeah. older, hormones play a massive part. And I've only recently over the past year, and it's actually through Ladies Live Lounge, yeah. one of the members, I, I always thought I'm not interested in hormones. And I did a podcast, she's actually done a podcast with me. And I was fascinated. I was just like, oh my gosh, I never realised how much there is to learn and I think the more that we know about our, the way that our bodies work and how much it can affect us yeah we could give ourselves a bit of a break then couldn't we and actually you know work on the bits that we need to work on and not yeah. be so hard on ourselves yeah and you're right you know uh, one of the biggest things that that women come to me with is that I'm being labeled as too emotional at work and they are typically women you know some are only in their late 30s most of them are somewhere in their 40s and they are starting to get perimenopausal symptoms without realising it. And I guess, you know, first and foremost, and I'm sure Marianne kind of said something along the same lines is just understanding what is happening to you goes a long way to helping, right? But then when you can learn some techniques to help you manage yourself in that moment, then actually it's really empowering, you know, and it's not about people. Women are being told to leave their emotions at the door. I'm saying something completely different. I'm saying take your emotions to work in whatever job you've got, whether you run your own business, you're an entrepreneur, or whether you're climbing the corporate career ladder, take them to work. But instead of displaying them and having an uncontrollable outburst, describe them and have a handle on them. So for example, you know, a lot of women will get angry about a situation, but they'll end up crying through anger. People just see that as they're upset. They then put a weakness label on them because, oh God, they're crying at work when actually it's all fueled out of passion and frustration 
and anger. So if they can kind of know, okay, I'm my hormones are probably going to affect me here. Let me just get a handle on what I'm experiencing. And then they're able to almost press the pause button in that moment and actually say to the team or the stakeholders or the, their direct reports, whatever it is, stop a moment. I am really, really cross at what's happening here. It's not acceptable. In fact, I'm furious, you know, even to go that far, but it keeps their credibility intact. So even, you know, as a salon owner, you, you the people, your staff that work for you, I'm sure there are moments where you're like, oh my God, I really need to have a word with them about this. They're really like stressing me out, upsetting me, making me angry that they're not either pulling their weight or doing what I need them to do or giving the clients the right experience. I don't know. Being able to have that conversation conversation without losing it is massively important so you know that was going to be the next thing I was going to talk okay. about as well like when so it's really funny that you've led into that because I was thinking like often this is talking about myself as well I can often I get quite angry and I'm not really an angry person I'm a very happy-go-lucky person but I get so I want to say emotional and I know I shouldn't but I get it's like I get this build-up and I think as therapists and women and what people in general we are often people pleasers and yeah. you, you sort of keep I know in salons we keep things on the apple cart so to speak we, we worry about our pricing we worry about upsetting people and then somebody doesn't turn up for their appointment and then you're bubbling all the time and then you you probably get like over angry about the wrong thing because you don't stop and like you said just actually accept it get a handle on it and deal with it there and then because you're upset and you're not sure how to to deal with it it's getting that balance sometimes isn't it it's like a pot of boiling water mm. in that you know when there are things that you know the water starts to boil and it bubbles quite gently but if we don't turn the gas down at that point the bubbles get bigger and bigger and bigger so the more situations you allow to pile on then it just takes one last small thing you know the straw that breaks the camel's back I guess so to speak yeah that it, at the last second makes the pot boil over so that poor person then ends up bearing the brunt of all of the other situations that you didn't deal with and, yeah. then, and then they're thinking all right there's no need to go off it like that it was only something this big but it's the result of us burying all of the other you know situations that occurred and you know being therapists um salon owners you are all kind of naturally more altruistic people which does mean you don't like to upset people you don't want to say something you know out of turn you want harmony and you want people to have a lovely experience and a really lovely time and so that makes it even more difficult to nip some of those other things in the bud whether you've got a stroppy client that's over demanding you know how you might handle them or whether it is one of your team members who's you know not maybe working to the standard that you want them to do, or they're late all the time or they keep ringing in sick or whatever it is um that you can do assertive and nice at the same time and that's what a lot of people don't think you can do them both together and you can you can it's kind of good to know that because and do you know what i think back as i'm talking to you i think when i have yeah. nipped things in the bud straight away it's quite an empowering feeling and yeah. I haven't done it in a even though I felt I remember uh, one of my staff members she's still my staff member now and we have a great relationship yeah. however I remember she was a mini
minute late for her first day. And mm. I thought, I'm not having this. No, you should get here at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes before your appointment. Your client sat there and I could feel this anger bubbling inside of me. And I thought, what is she doing? Where is she? And she strolls in, you know, just young, not really thinking anything. Yeah. And so I just sort of said to her, look, if you're going to struggle to get here on time, God, God, this is the expectation. Um, I'm just letting you know, um, if we can't do this, then I think we should sort of just look at this job again. And she was like, oh no, absolutely. And from that day on, it's been fine. It's been absolutely brilliant. If I had never addressed it there and then and let that anger boil, and then the next yeah. day she's late, and then the next day she's late, I would then go off like irrationally. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, but, and then you're sort of justifying it by saying, yeah, but she was late five times and she's done this and she's done that. And actually it's because you didn't, I suppose, set your expectations out yeah. in the first place. The other day I had somebody not turn up for their appointment and obviously they had a crisis. Everybody has a crisis. And yeah. you have to take yourself out of that a little bit, don't you? Because at the end of the day, we've got a job to do. And this is really, really common in our industry. Yeah. And I said to her straight away, I'll let the charges go this time. But I just want to let you know that we do have a 50% cancellation policy. But she just went, this is absolutely ridiculous. I've never heard of this before. No salon does this. I won't be coming for any future appointments. You can take me off your list. And I was a little bit taken aback. Yeah. But then I thought, well, actually, I feel like I've managed the situation. And I said to her, look, it is common practice over the industry. And I've let, I've said I would let this one slide, but in future, I hope you can understand. She never replied and she never came for any other appointment. But I wasn't bothered. You know, normally I'd have got really upset by something like that. Yeah. Normally I would have just got angry and said to one of the other girls, oh my goodness. And then they'd do it again because you didn't set those expectations. And it's about getting you, we always talk about your right target audience. She obviously is not. To say, she's not the right client for you. And, and, and you know, what I'm thinking about here is it almost is irrelevant whether it is common practice in the, the industry or not. They're your rules, okay? Absolutely. And you are allowed, you are well within your rights to define your boundaries. Boundaries, whether they're personal boundaries or business boundaries, a really important part of being assertive, you know, and it's about a defining them. Lots of women don't actually define them for themselves. And then B, you know, enforcing them, you know, not allowing people to violate those boundaries. And you know what? Sometimes it, whether they like it or not, that's their problem at that point. Yeah. They're your boundaries that. and, you know, you're well within your rights to have them. And that's the empowering piece about that is saying, that's okay then, you know, you don't have to like it. I'm not asking you to agree with it, but I am asking you to accept it as it's valid for oh, me. I think that is just one of the best pieces of advice any salon owner <laughs> or therapist could actually just listen to right now because really? I see it in all these forums, all the Facebook groups, yeah. I've got my own group and a lot of the problems are no-shows and uh, taking a lot on and taking a lot of, we say rubbish on and we, we let it build up and build up and you go away feeling absolutely rubbish and yet we're here to, to do a good job on people and, and we are almost paid to do a service so you want to provide a good service but if you feeling really deflated and really upset or down somebody else is not going to get their full service because you right. are feeling fed up so yeah. I talk about boundaries a lot in my group and I'm always saying that you know stick to your boundaries and whenever you see someone who does have their boundaries firmly in place like you have just said even if I don't agree with their boundaries I can't help but absolutely respect them for sticking to it that's but absolutely right. brilliant advice I love that you <laughs> <laughs> know we should just stop now and just leave it on that note <laughs> yeah Boundaries, not looking for anyone to agree with us, but they are, we do want them to accept. 
Definitely. I was going to talk about pricing and squashing clients in. And I suppose that does look back into boundaries and not putting your boundaries in place and almost like sticking to being assertive and sticking to your rules. So what things would you say to my listeners to put some of those things in place and not feel obligated to work that little bit later than they normally do? Or Yeah, so boundaries and expectations, absolutely. So bring all of that forward to, to these types of situations, specifically on pricing. So I think I mentioned at the beginning, and I help a lot of women learn to say no without feeling guilty. And here's what I typically see uh, if, if a, a business owner, and so what maybe one of the, your salon owners sets their prices or decides to up their prices, if they are bold enough to do so, what I see them do is then they will, they'll try and justify why they put their prices up. You know, it's like, I'm really sorry, but I have had to put my prices up a, a bit, you know, trying to keep it as low as possible. But, you know, with the pandemic and my costs have gone up and, you know, we do all of that. And actually what I want people to do is just to be able to step into owning that I'm worth it I am worth that price so I don't need to justify it with anything else um so practicing and it is just a practice thing around owning the decisions that you've made because you are worth it and then you don't feel the need then to do the justification love it it's as simple as that now, I say it's as simple, that doesn't mean it's easy, okay? It's hard and it's embedded in self-worth and self-esteem. So if you find it particularly difficult to do, and even after listening to this, you might go and try it and then think, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Then that's a bit of a red flag to say, come back and just examine some of the beliefs that you hold about yourself, you know, around how worthy you are or your self-esteem, how you feel about how good at, at what you do you are. Um, and do some do some work there um because only when you feel like a you are worth it and b you are good enough at what you do are you able to own the fact that yep i put my prices up so from the first of april or whatever they are now this this and this i'm just letting you know and zip it no justification no nothing just zip it at that point it sounds so ideal and I love it and I have become sort of a, like I can relate back years ago when I was not like I am now and now I'm like yeah these are the prices and I don't think twice about it because I just think well I'm really sort of standing my ground and if you want to book in with me that's the price and if you don't it's absolutely fine and I am genuinely fine about it but I can also relate to what you've just said that I would have I used to blame my accountant for everything I always feel like oh my accountant's had a word with me and he said they can only give you advice your accountant can't they they're not running your business and telling you what to do it's hard to I think when the accountability stops with you you feel like you've got no one else to blame whereas staff have at least got a boss to blame go yeah Louise has got the prices up but if it's you you're like yeah I did it I feel really bad and you want to hide under the table but and that you, you know you hit the nail on the head there the word is accountability and taking accountability for yourself and for your business that says I have made this decision and actually I'm kind of proud of myself that I've made this decision so I'm, I don't need to hide or try and say it's because of somebody else or give an excuse as to why that's happened <laughs> I've just chosen to and that's okay I think a key word that you keep saying is empowering and empowered and yeah. it, that is such a good feeling when you get that isn't it yeah 
and we all need to work on that I think definitely tell us a little bit about your book she slipped it in at the beginning that you've been writing a book so this I is have. so exciting yeah. I've been telling my listeners that I've been writing a book too as I can relate yes. how much time goes into this yeah. but tell us about what you're obviously I'm guessing it's about assertiveness and it's coming soon so yeah. tell us a little bit about sort of how you did it why you did it and uh, well obviously it's about helping people I know that but tell us a little bit about your book okay so it's you know it's been a bucket list thing which I'm sure has been similar for you. So something that even from a young age, I always kind of thought, oh, I'd love to write a book one day. But from a self-worth perspective and self-esteem, I always used to think, yeah, but people like me don't write books. People who write books are all these, you know, different people. They come from different backgrounds than me or, or whatever the case may be. So naturally, I'm sure you can um, assume now from the journey that I've been on, I've been able to work on that confidence, that self-esteem, that self-worth. I thought, you know what? I believe now that everybody, if they chose to, has got a book in them. You know, we've all got a story to tell. So yes, fundamentally, the book's about assertiveness. Lockdown gave me the opportunity to write it. So I snatched that opportunity with both hands. So, so yes, it is about it is about assertiveness. It's called Woman Up, okay. which is a, kind of an interesting phrase and doesn't mean what most people will assume that it means. So most people think woman up, it's a spin on telling someone to man up. Yeah. Actually, you know, I, I'm hugely against telling somebody to man up. You know, I think that's been so detrimental to men's mental health. You know, and we don't need any more help to make some men struggle with mental health. And therefore, mm. you know, the male suicide rates are just, you know, unbelievable at times. So lesson number one, please don't tell men to man up. Don't tell women to man up either. <laughs> but woman up doesn't mean the equivalent of okay woman up means for women to grasp to get get their arms around their own destiny you know and to to take action for themselves but women as a whole in this quest for equality so it is about us elevating ourselves it's about us taking action you know i'm a, I'm a firm believer that it's you know it's brilliant to go on marches demonstrations um, contribute to petitions talk on podcasts radio shows you know if you can get on tv brilliant but it only goes so far you know we're trying to shift a societal culture still you know we've come a long way in the last hundred years but there's still so much more to go it requires culture only changes when individual people decide to do something different so actually this is quite a strong message to your industry and the Absolutely. women that your your listeners serve is that you know i'm hugely passionate about about women being known for their value and the contribution and the talent that they've got not just what they look like now obviously in a salon industry we're helping women with what they look like and their you know their confidence at the same time as that I want to look good I spend money on this stuff too but not in isolation it's not just about what I look like actually it's more important that people see me as a credible person and I'm intelligent and I'm funny and I'm strong and I can do all these other things and yeah I just happen to look good as well and as a mum of three daughters I've got three teenage daughters wow you can feel sorry for me later <laughs> but it's really important for me to bring them up in a way that and this is really hard you know it doesn't work all the time my middle daughter is obsessed with Instagram and looking at idealistic images of women's bodies that I'm just like Amber that is like not that's not that's not what it is that's not life that's not the goal I'm with you today it's my industry I am yeah. with you all about what well, you've been in my, in my 
my salon. I'm, I'm more about your health and well-being and yeah. your inner calm. And I sort of joke with my clients and I've built my whole business coming in looking like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards because I'm not all about the makeup. I'm on. A, I'm more about your skin will look nice whether you've got makeup on or not. Obviously, it's always nice to have a little enhancement. And yeah, we spend money on our hair. I'm not at all saying don't do that. Obviously, I'd be out of business. Mm-hmm. But it's about, it's more than that, isn't it? And yeah. I do hate the whole, the, the lip pouting and everything on the Instagram and the bodies when, you know, you have Love Island. Love Island. <laughs> we're not really like that and I think I'm that, about real women I'm about yeah. real women and, and a holistic absolutely kind of view of what it what it takes to be a happy fulfilled and successful woman and yes I like to you know I won't go out without my Lancome mascara on <laughs> of course. and I have got I have got extensions in my hair and I get my nails done every week you know I do all of that stuff yes. um, but not without the other development and the work on myself in that respect so I've developed my own methodology for assertiveness okay. it's called the woman up way and so the book takes you through all of those different stages so that you can think, oh, okay, this might be something that I choose to work on, or I'm really good in that area, but I'm not so good in this area, and I'd like to get better at that. So there's lots of funny stories from my life in there too, just to keep it lighthearted. You know, we don't want us to take ourselves too seriously. Um, I've got myself in a fair number of scrapes over the years. <laughs> I've made plenty of mistakes and kind of screwed things up. And so there are a few funny tales along the way too. Oh, but that's going to be what makes you such a good business owner assertive coach because you've made those mistakes I, I say the same thing I've made more mistakes than people can imagine but I feel like I, that's made me good at what I do and I've got that experience that whole rounded experience not just I haven't sailed through life and I, I'm sure to the outside world some people think I have but <laughs> if they if they really got to know me they'd be like oh my gosh how does she get through life <laughs> but we do and we, we make do. it we um, do. I am so excited for your book when is it coming out second of September so <gasps> yeah not 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 too long to go now oh, September. is there a link that I can share so I've got a link to, that you can get on the wait list for so that okay. you'll be notified that day so that you don't forget I'm not doing a pre-order yes. but though it will be on a very special launch price for that first day Ooh. so um I will give you the link yes. to the wait list for anybody who would be interested in finding out that morning to say it's on sale today if you want to go and get it um so that you can include that in your show notes if you want to perfect I will absolutely do that because I think so many listeners uh, not just my listeners but so many people will benefit from this book because we all need a bit of assertiveness stop being told we're over emotional angry yeah. and just mm-hmm. actually no I'm very assertive and I know what I'm doing and and being empowered that is the word for this podcast feeling empowered it's no finer feeling than thinking you've handled the situation really really well and then you think oh I'm actually all right at that I mean we don't handle you know I'm not saying that we do them all so well but it's great when we do you know nine times out of ten we do we worry about things that are that never going to happen mm. you know we we almost make these stories up in our own mind about if I have a word with this person about this they're going to fly off the handle and even if we do screw it up a little bit they very most people don't we're normally very positively surprised by oh that went better than I thought it was going to go yeah. you know so it's, it's a funny one isn't it we we feed ourselves these stories and they're not rooted in any evidence at all no and it can be quite unhealthy can't it I, I am yeah. a big a big cult of talking to myself in the car when I'm planning a conversation and then yeah. we really need to stop because as long as you're 
coming from it from a good place and your true values, then you know it's usually it usually goes better than you think it's going to go, doesn't it? It does. It does absolutely. So, what word of advice would you leave our listeners with, Joe's okay. wisdom? I would say, and this might sound really obvious at first, but I want you to think about it. I recommend that every woman spend some time figuring out what it is that they want for themselves and get really specific about that. So, it's a question that I ask a lot of my clients, and they either say they don't know they haven't got a clue what they want or they can tell me everything that they don't want right so just check in with yourself do you know what you want or is your answer i don't know if the answer is i don't know do the work think about it get super clear on it be really specific but if you find that your answers start to go well i i I want to get away from that and i don't want to be this anymore you know if it's a stuff that you're trying to get away from then spend some time flipping that and thinking okay well what instead of what i don't want what is it that i want because when we're super clear on what we want, A, we can shamelessly declare it to the world and that's that's quite empowering and B, we then start to take action to go after it. Um, and I meet very few women, very few women who can say, I can tell you exactly what it is that I want for myself in my life. That is really, uh, I'm going to use the word empowering again, but it really <laughs> yeah. is because what do you so want? many people will say, I want this for my kids, I want this yeah. for this and I want to say, and it's all about everybody else and Never it's about no, I do a workshop. Part of the dreams section of it is what do you want out of life? If you had a dream world and what could it be? And they go, I'd be happy with. And I go, no, no, I know you'd be happy with it because you currently got it. But yeah. in your crazy dream world, what would it be? And yeah. honestly, we spend about half an hour on this question because you just can't get people out of the mindset mm-hmm. of thinking about what they'd be happy with or about everybody else. So that is brilliant just to say, look inside and think, what do you want out of your life for you? Yeah. You know, encourage them to answer the question, you know, what legacy do you want to leave behind? When you're gone, what do you want people to say about you? How do you want to be remembered? And I know that can be a bit like, oh God, I don't even want to think about when I'm not here anymore. But a lot of people get later on in life and have regrets that they didn't take that opportunity or they didn't stretch themselves or they live their life through somebody else or for somebody else. You know, some meet grown-ups that are living for their parents' expectations of them. And you're like, you're an adult. This isn't about what your mum and dad I'd want you to be yeah uh, you know and so to get to a, a life of being able to say I only regret you know I never regret the things I did only the things I didn't do I could chat to you all day about this <laughs> stuff because I love it and and I just love the changes that it can make to people and their mindset and how strong it can make somebody and just knowing that it doesn't have to be you know she's emotional she's angry she's this um or erratic mine's usually I'm a bit erratic <laughs> but uh, it's so lovely to speak to you thank you you so much for sharing with us i'm so excited about your book i'll wait to share the link thank you for having me on thank you oh no problem at all thank you thanks so much for listening i'm louisa ashford i hope you have got so much value from this podcast as always thank you so much to our guests for coming on now if you haven't already please subscribe to my popping channel and also don't forget to take a look at my youtube channel so you can see all of these exciting videos there is also the membership site louisaashford.co.uk and of course the free facebook group where there is loads of educational material and it creates and selling success. Thanks so much.